Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Legitimus Podcast, episode 11. We're doing a little early one this week because we have the uh, extravaganza, Axapalooza, Axle Gathering down in the south here with Mr. Roy. So we're cutting an episode a little early so then we can cut an episode down at the gathering here later on this weekend. So as always, we have myself, Mike Miller, we have Mr. Chris Killinger, and we have Roy Scott. So guys, we got a um, short week here, but we got a lot to talk about. So what is going on? Uh, so I'm in total freaking prep mode for the, I'm just calling the party, open house, whatever. I'm kind of scrambling around, uh, as I alluded to last, uh, on the last episode. So the big news, um, I got my vices back. I did a, a, I did a post on Instagram last night. So I was talking to you guys, uh, maybe, maybe just you, uh, Chris offline about how I thought this whole deal was going to go down with my vices. Um, the operation that I took to is up in New Albany and it's freaking huge. And I, they quoted me a price. I took them one more piece than I told them. I had to order the powder. I had to look at the paint chips that were like the smallest. All right. You guys are going to just continue fucking around. <laughs> Idiots. The paint chips were so freaking small, it's hard to get a good representation. So I was like, they're either going to lose my vices, I'm going to get the wrong color, they're going to overcharge me, and there's a very outside chance that all those things are going to uh, be done correctly. And sure as shit, I get there. It's not, it's the right color that I've chose, but it's not the color that I that I initially wanted. They look great though. Um and I did the uh Sharpie, you know, detail for the lettering and everything. And the longer they're in the shop I had I was fucking around with them last night trying to install them and everything, the more I like the color. Um so I was trying to get a hammered color, but it was a textured color, so it's like greenish tealish with a bunch of black flex in there and it feels really durable it feels great uh it's just it's not that high gloss super shiny stuff that i had on there before anyway long story short i'm very happy with the three wiltons um they're back in the shop they will be fully installed and i need to uh i got a connecticut that i want to get done before uh everyone gets down here on saturday I got the head done, I got it hung, now I need to start shaping the handle and getting that going. So that's what's going on with me. A whole bunch of uh, miscellaneous housekeeping things for the shop and around here just to kind of get things uh, presentable. Killer, what's new? Hello? Uh, new, new this week, I, I got goats. <laughs> Goats. So did you actually like physically see the ghost or like hear the ghost or something dropped in another room or like what's the story? No, I said goat. Like, oh, I thought you said ghosts. <laughs> no, that would be cool too. 
Wow, I thought that you bought a new house and it was haunted already, and we were going to have to come over and do like a episode of Ghost Hunters. That'd be funny. So we're going to have to do an episode of Goat Hunters. Maybe Goat Milkers. <laughs> <laughs> well, these two uh, these two are males, so you probably don't want to milk them. Oh. I appreciate it. Sounds like some pretty pretty special almond milk there with that setup. Oh, God. But anyways, so goats. Now, did you have goats at the other place, or are these these are brand new goats? These are brand new goats. Do they have names? Yeah, they do. Is one named Roy? Please tell me one's named Roy. No, we motherfuckers. We got Sniffy Bob and Harry Crunchleaves. And Harry Crunchleaves. What? I didn't name them. I'm sorry. R- run those run those names past me again one more time. Sniffy Bob, Harry Crunchleaves. Those are some pretty interesting names. I got to give you that. Hey, you know. So Bob and Harry. When you're as, as you're when you're as as creative as a six year old man. Oh, no, I couldn't have come up with those names. Those are some good names. I like that. So They're how neat. how old do you think these goats are? Um, I thought my buddy said he thought they were like three. How long do goats live? Like fifteen years. As long as you don't kill them, <laughs> like, you got to keep them free of worms and disease and all that stuff. They're so, amazing. They, they annihilated the area they're in in one day. It looked awesome. Yeah. Basically like four-legged lawnmowers. Yep. They're crazy. Like, you should see them eating the thorns. You just cringe. You're like, oh, my God. Like There's thorns. You touch them, and it hurts everywhere. And I got them, yeah, got them stuck in my hand. These goats just walk up to them and like, when you hear them munching on it, you're like, oh, what about your tongue? Is there holes in it now? How did that eating sound go again? I didn't quite catch it. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. So what's the purpose then of having these goats? Are these pets or are these going to be more like true farm animals? Are they just going to be lawnmowers or what's the deal with that? Dude, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut in here. Chris Killinger has gone from Chris Killinger leatherworking to Chris Killinger total homestead. He's going to have goats, chickens. He's going to have llamas. He's going to have freaking alpacas. <laughs> alpacas. He's, he's going to have every four-legged, like probably not – Cows, but definitely sheep. Um, we already have cows. You have to, no, you don't. They do. It's just not on my property. Okay, then you don't have cows. Well, I own cows. And the plan is to have cows here. Eventually, I might have cows here. We'll see. The hay situation is the, the problem because I don't have enough land to grow my own hay, so I'd have to buy it and move it. You do sort of have all the bases covered. I mean, you're like a, you know, bluegill, sunfish, crappie fisherman out of your ponds. Now you got some goats going on, and then who knows? You know what you need? I could definitely see like a big old fat Tom Boss turkey walking around your place, just like all proud, like a peacock, and just owning the whole entire area, like bossing all the goats around and everything. I I can definitely see that. When I get set up for the chickens, there'll be turkeys here. That's awesome. And and a couple pigs. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Dude, Miller, did you see the, speaking of crappie, did you see how big that crappie was? Yeah, I did. Wasn't that nuts? That was massive. Out the, we caught one, uh, well, actually, my brother-in-law caught one. What's today? Tuesday? He caught one on Sunday. It was the biggest one I've ever seen with my own eyes. I'll send you guys a picture of it. But it was, that, that, one that, that one that you caught was absolutely gigantor as well. Is that fishing with Vance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the the goats are they're pets and they're they're lawnmowers. Like that's the thing with the property here. There's ten acres or nine acres of woods, and it's all overgrown with brush and thorn. And you can't even walk through the woods. It's it's not without a machete or something. So I'm gonna put those goats all through the woods, and they're gonna clean all that stuff up. And what's nice about goats is as they eat it, they process the seeds, so the stuff doesn't come back. Interesting. Interesting. I did not if know that. If you just go in there with a brush hog and cut it all down, it would just grow right back because the seeds just spread out. But the goats actually process it and eliminate it. And it, it takes a couple cycles, but I mean, it's not, it'll be a couple years. And, and I need more than two goats, but. Are you going to put like a, an underground fence thing up so that you can just no. put collars on them and they can just free range everywhere? <laughs> These two guys right here would probably be okay free-ranging with little supervision. Like, I could probably, on the on the weekend, probably just uh, let them run loose. And Well, that's awesome to throw that domesticated. But um, there's a company, and I'm not going to say their name because then that's, that's free advertisement for them, but there's a company that makes these um, electric fences that are portable. And they're really easy to put up and take down, and you can make different size pins, like 25 by 25, or you can add sections and make a 50 by 50, or whatever you want. It just mm-hmm. think of a mesh fence that you just set a pin or set a post, walk, you know, 12 inches inside or another post. I don't know what the specs are, and it's electrified by solar power, so. The animals, and they make them for goats, chickens, pigs, everything. The animals, it's not enough electricity to, you know, do any damage to them, but it's enough to let them know that's a perimeter and they won't walk past it. Yeah. You can literally just pick that thing up and move it every day if you want. Well, that's cool and convenient. Eventually, I'm going to make an investment in that. It's a little bit pricey to get started with it, but uh, I think in the long run, it's it's worth the, the money. Dude, as soon as my wife hears this episode, she's going to be on my ass to get goats. She, We were driving back from somewhere this weekend, and she was like, we really need to get goats. We should get goats. And I was like, Joey would eat the fucking goats. She, she commented on my picture. Did she really? Yeah. Get some, she, she said she was jealous. Get, <laughs> get some little little goats. Well, that's what she, that's what she was saying because we've got a fenced backyard. She was like, "You would never have, you'd never have to mow again. Well, let's just get some pygmy goats." You have to get two though. Why would they get lonely? Yeah, you can't they'll just die. have. Yeah, I guess they'll die. They'll die. Yeah. Of, of they have to have a companion. Yeah, they'll die of being sad. Of broken heart. I don't know. Get two. Get two little pygmy goats, man. That would be the most fun you've ever had. It'll be the most fun Joey has. <laughs> Joey's too little to hurt those goats. 
No, he would chase him. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Joey Joey acts like a goat. He climbs on everything, and that's just kind of in the the Basenji breed altogether. They climb fucking anything. They're silly. All right. What about you, Miller? What's going on? Pretty quiet week. Uh, not a lot going on. Getting prepped for your Axapalooza, trying to figure out what I'm going to take down there. I tell you what's uh, the biggest thing I've had going on is trying to get all these wood slashers in that five-gallon bucket to bring down to your yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, I that's bet. heavy. It Real is heavy, and it is a pain in the ass. But I'm going to bring them anyways. And uh, I figure, I don't know. Like, what do you think's a good like seventy-five dollars a wood slasher head? I think that's I, fair. Yeah. That, that, gives you, that gives you a little room to go down to 50. Well, you know, I figured there's going to be some hard negotiators there, so trying to weasel me down. But, but yeah. that's to be expected. So, yeah, I got a, a five-gallon Lowe's bucket full of those. and uh, Perfect, perfect. But, no, that's been about it. So trying to figure the stuff I'm going to take, get stuff cleaned up, working in the garage, running some electric. Uh, i got to redo my lights out there, so going from four-foot lights to eight foot lights and uh let's see got um the two new specimens in last night came across the pond uh oh, really shit. excited about those the lee hardware lightning bolt one and then the the double bit the collins legitimus with the big crown and with the, so so that wasn't the ebay purchase no because there there was one with the big uh shield on it uh last week or so that i Happened to stumble across yeah, when, I'm I not, saw that. when I'm not on eBay. I, I saw that one. Um, if I remember correctly, and don't hold me to this, I, the one that I have or the one that I got, I believe was in a little bit better shape than the one that was on eBay, I think, if I remember yeah. right. Uh, I don't know that again for 100% fact. but So, yeah, those two came in. Um, I got a little Belknap Bluegrass uh, business, like, want card that I put that on that Belknap display. And then I got the Collins Fleetwood, which I think I sent you guys a picture of. I had never seen that before. It says Fleetwood, and then right below it it says Collins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to research that a little bit and figure out what's going on there. So, that's so, about it. Uh, I just want to mention, since we were talking about bringing stuff to Roy's, bucket full of wood slashers uh if you come and buy some of the wood slashers i will have uh some of the premium french uh french curve handles with me some of you a combo (laughs) yeah it'd be a nice combo some of you were listening to the podcast last week because you contacted me (laughs) about those handles (laughs) oh shit so I haven't listed them for sale, and I haven't sent any emails or anything. I figured I'd bring down a bunch to your place, Roy, and and people can um, pick through them. It'll be a good time if I find B-grade handles in the set. I haven't looked through them, but if there's any B-grade, I usually sell those for cheaper. Yeah. yeah. Um, that'd be a good time to buy them because shipping kills you. It kills the deal. Yeah, for show. Sure. Hey, Miller. What what were you saying, Chris? I was just saying I'll have those with me. I'm sure the guys will appreciate that. So 
the the piece that I was talking about with the the big shield on it, um, it it went for four hundred dollars on eBay, and it was just a single bid. Oh, oh yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah, thirty four bids, four hundred dollars. I have yet to come across one of those. I want one really freaking bad. They're awesome. Very awesome. So I went down to uh, Hoffman's this past weekend. Uh, he had a, a little open house at his place also. He gave three demos of him making axes. Well, two demos of him forging the heads. And then he had a couple other guys there that he's buddies with, and they forged out a... Uh, a uh, a horseshoe, so that was really cool. And then John Bradley was there, uh, and he would put on a little uh, axe throwing, I don't know, little competition to I think all oh, a bunch of proceeds stuff. There was a silent auction or whatever um, went to a a charity, so that was cool. Um, but anyway, the the, the story is, is that on my way down there, I saw this enormous freaking roadside flea market. And like this only happens, I've seen, in the, the dirty south. Like, <laughs> just these freaking shacks. Literally like a couple of two by fours or just like rough freaking rough trees that have just been cut off and delimbed and they they hold up these little bitty shacks in this long row you know, hundreds of feet long and they set up there with these freaking dirt merchants just selling whatever and i walked away with uh i think i got five on that trip on that one and then on the way back i stopped at another one, and I got three, and then I stopped at one of my local junk stores, and I picked up three more. So I got, I got a shit ton of freaking axes, just from going down to Hoffman's and, and stopping by the, you know, the, the spots that looked good. There were so many people out there having yard sales and just like, oh, you know, yard sales, one, two people. But then I'd drive along, and there'd be a like a store with tons of people just set up out there <clears throat> excuse me so it was really hard not to stop at every single one but since i was on a little uh time schedule i only stopped at the the really really good ones and i think the best axe that i got was um that bluegrass uh double bit beveled head um i got some other really good pieces but <clears throat> That, excuse me, that by far is the best one that I snagged up. It was fun. There was one guy there, man, he was, like, some of these prices, man, are just all over the board. He had one axe in front of his trailer, and it was a beveled, it was painted red. I got it right here. Painted red, and the bevels, the bevels on it are painted pink. Can you all see that? Like, this is oh, the yeah. biggest piece of shit looking axe ever. And I, th it's got ridges in the eye, so I would assume that this is a Kelly or True Temper or whatever. So I picked this up, 
And I go to the guy and I said, Hey, do you have any more like this? And he's like, man, I got, I got about 10 buried in my trailer. And I said, do you mind if I, uh, you mind if I pick around in there? He's like, Oh no, 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 no. You can't do that. There's some really delicate things in there. I'll help you out. So 20 minutes later, he finally wanders over there. He gets this freaking unrolls the tarp. There's not a goddamn thing in there that's delicate or it's just a trailer full of junk. There's like a, a weed sprayer, some bicycle wheels, uh, big cauldrons. Nothing in there is going to hurt anything. And sure shit at the very bottom toward the, toward the, uh, the tongue of the trailer, there was a pile of fucking axes. And I, and I was like, oh man, I just hit the jackpot. And I start pulling them out one by one. And, and there's like 10 of them. And they're all, this is without exaggeration, all of them, unmarked Michigan pattern axes. And he wanted $20 a piece for them. And he only wanted 10 bucks for this little Dayton beveled. So I was like, well, this isn't really adding up here. What's going on? And he said, those are good axes. They got good handles on them. And I can take them down to Mooresville or Morgantown or Morgan Freemanville. I don't fucking know. Like whatever town he was saying. <laughs> and uh, I can sell them for more. And I go, well, you should do that because I'm not buying them. And I got this guy. And he had, not in that stack, but somewhere else, he had this really cool... Uh, reversible pattern that's hung. I don't know if you all can see that upside down, but it's re it's painted gray. I don't know why the fuck people paint these heads, but it's super super pitted up. It almost looked like a cruiser whenever I saw it, but it's not. But I picked this one up just because mm -hmm. I love this pattern. I'm just a total sucker for these. You put this on a 24 inch handle, and it's a axe thrower's <laughs> dream. They're very so, cool. What you're saying is you left a whole pile of Michigan patterns just laying. Yep. Are you insane? Those are the rarest axes on the planet. <laughs> he had 10 of them at $20. That's just not worth it. 20 bucks a pop. Should just have been not like, worth it. I'll take all 10 for $20. Yeah, no kidding. Dude, he had more fingers on his hands. Then he did teeth in his mouth. He was, he was disgusting. <laughs> and his mustache and beard was all stained up. His fingertips were stained up where you could tell this guy, as soon as he woke up in the morning, he was going for his freaking cigarettes and he never put one down all fucking day long. He's, he's not got much time left. No. And I'm not, I'm not, uh, Contributing to his retirement on twenty dollar Michigans. Yeah. What what the heck were we talking about before we hit record? Grinders and and uh, vices. Grinders and vices and what else were we talking about? Your uh, story about your meeting. Oh, Larry McPhail. Yeah, so I, uh, as I mentioned on the last podcast, I was um, in contact with the last CEO of uh, Manage, and he's currently out and about visiting family right now, 
Um, so we will get that call or that meetup scheduled here soon. So then Larry McPhail, for you guys that do not know, he is the second edition author of The Axe Makers of North America, a very popular book. A lot of our, a lot of us axe heads have it. It's a good reference, blah, blah, blah. I've come to know Larry over the years, uh, bought axes off him, traded stories, et cetera, et cetera. So I emailed him and said, hey, you know, let's uh, let's set a time so that we can talk. You know, I want to pick your brain about a few things, this, that, or the other. And he said, yeah, absolutely. And he goes, hey, by the way, he goes, some girl called me and was asking me questions, basically doing research for an axe book. And I forget his exact words, but he was, he said something to the effect, I think she was a lackey for whoever's doing the book. So basically she was the researcher for whoever's doing the book. And I was like, okay. So he sent me the email that he got sent. How, how Tiff get his number? <laughs> <laughs> and so it says here, interview request for what's known as the book that's going to be called Field Guide to the Axe which is a book that's coming out here probably in April or May of next year, and that is being written by a gentleman that some of you might know. His name is Peter Buchanan-Smith, the former owner of Best Made Company. God. He sold Best Made to a company called, I believe it's Bolt Thread, out of California who makes products out of spider silk. Anyways, so Peter (laughs) Buchanan-Smith had contacted me. And said, hey, we're, I'm making this book. I want to have you in the book. And basically, I want to take a picture of your axes and put you in a book. And I, and I said, great. I said, let's, let's talk about it. And so we talked about it off and on, swapped out some emails. We called. I actually got to talk to him on the phone a couple of times, which was very interesting. Um, he had a pretty... Well, it wasn't pretty. He had a very specific timeline in order for him to come here to the house, basically bring his studio, take pictures, and we could not make that timeline work out with what I had going on and some vacation and things like that. And so I hadn't heard from him, so I shot him an email the one day said, hey, listen, I apologize. I got all my stuff is ready. If you want to come, you can take take some pictures, and we'll go from there. And he said, timelines are timelines, and we had to move on with the book. I said, Okay. So it was just interesting that that all circled back around that they had contacted Larry because I had given them Larry's info and a couple other guys about the book and um, that he had gotten contact. Anyways, long story short, Larry said that he talked to him, you know, basically answered some questions, gave him some info, and that I guess it'll be a short part or piece of the book. And that's about all I know. But as far as I know, that book will be out in the spring of next year, spring, early summer. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, whenever whenever we first met you at Chris's house, you were talking about this. And Chris yeah. and I had some pretty strong opinions on it. Um I don't I don't think my opinion has changed, especially now after he's contacted Larry. Um and I don't I don't want to sound like a dick, but I guess I'm going to um it just seems like this guy's reaching for something that he doesn't have, and he's using people like you, like Larry, like whoever else in this book to write, to just give him content for something that he doesn't fucking have. I mean, yeah, sure, I'm. he might pay you for your contribution or whatever, but 
Well, that was the other thing. He he was not going to compensate me in any way. Yeah, fuck that guy. I mean, I don't know if you're friends with him, so sorry, but like that just doesn't work in this in in this world. You give me something, I give you something. Both parties are happy. He's looking to get free content because he decided to stop doing business with Best Made, do something else, and well, that's that's a consequence. Oh, he sold the business. Well, that's what I'm, I'm saying. He stopped doing it. Whatever. If he sold it, that's fine. That's pretty, that's pretty significant and successful. Here's my take on it. I, I think it's great somebody's writing a book. Um, I I don't think that Miller should give anything. Of it. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm glad that I'm glad that your guys' timeline never never uh, worked out, Miller. <clears throat> and the whole the whole conversation that we had with you back in February or March or whenever it was, <clears throat> excuse me, whenever it was. Um, there's no reason that that Mike Miller should be a chapter in a book. You could write a fucking dozen books, Miller. Operator 1975 could write any number of books on any number of subjects pertaining to axes. And what Chris and I were talking about, you need to do a fucking photo book. You need to do a photo, just a beautiful coffee table book. Hire a photographer, set up a little studio. Take a hundred pictures or whatever it is, a hundred, whatever. Here's the axe. Here's the, here's the boiled down, distilled history of this particular piece. And everyone wants to know how the fuck did you find that piece and how much did it cost? Like everyone wants to know that above everything else. As soon as you get something really cool, oh man, where'd you get it? How much did you pay for it? Like, those are the first two questions that people ask. So if you were open and willing to do that, I think you would sell a bazillion freaking copies. All right, well, let's make it happen. Let me put these notes down in my new axe book that Willie sent me. <laughs> it's a journal. Mm. Hey, you. this will be a book of its own right one day, and I'll have to give Willie a cut of the proceeds i'm sure he'd appreciate that <laughs> so yeah so that, that was the whole deal with larry um i'll be contacting him either later this week I, I wanted to try and get that conversation in before i head down to your place so that i could share that he is a absolute wealth of knowledge for anybody who doesn't know him he lives out on the pacific northwest he um had that originally the original uh Sauger chemical axe collection in the Puget Sound pattern that I now have. That's who I got that off of. I got that off of him probably, what's this, 2019, probably five, six years ago. And to see those axes come in, shipped through USPS and the tape and everything on them, and the mailman cursing me out for all these boxes coming that weighed <laughs> pounds and pounds and pounds, that was a story in itself. But, um, Great wealth of knowledge. Uh, he basically took Clenman's info and everything that he had, uh, worked on that, extrapolated that out. And the plan is, is that hopefully, as him and I have already discussed, I'm going to do the third edition of Axe Makers of North America, and we will go from there. So we'll see how that all goes. Uh, good guy. 
a lot of knowledge, especially with anything up there in the, the logging industry in the Pacific Northwest. So we will see. We'll see how it all goes. And do we get a signed copy? A signed copy of the third edition? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Give me another ten, another ten dollars, but we'll see. We put on some lipstick and kiss the cover of it, or kiss the inside spread that's, for me. It's actually a great idea. Can we I'd take love that with you and I together while holding the book? <laughs> I mean, kissing it. We could maybe try and work something out. Maybe I'll have a little thing about leather working in the book. Mm. You know, leather, hot you know, leather. You know, leather plays such an unimportant role in the history of axes, but a lot of guys <laughs> think, it and think that it's important. But really, it's just a side note. It's just an afterthought. Yeah, fuck it. <clears throat> really is yeah. a side. No, we can we can definitely. Well, and like I said, this is all uh, you know just getting underway right now, but it's exciting. So we'll see how that all goes. Uh, and go from there. But how old do you think Larry is? The last time I talked to him, I want to say he told me he was 72. What, was that 10 years ago? No, I, last time I physically talked to him would have been last summer. So. You need to take a trip out there. Oh, we should all take a trip out there. It's actually in the works. Him and I are talking about being able to go out there so he can give me the, the lowdown on everything. But if you uh, if you don't know him or haven't read his stuff, this guy has been – he burns wood. That's how he heats his home. Yeah. And he – splits wood basically every single day. I mean, the guy's a machine. He's hauling it in the wheelbarrow, stuff like that. That's one of the reasons why he's in such great shape at his age. And I like, I don't ever see him stopping. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the guy is a modern day beast. <clears throat> That's awesome. Um, so if you go, uh, I'll go with you. I need to, I need an excuse to go back out to the Northwest. Okay. I miss, I miss freaking Washington and Idaho so fucking bad. What else? Uh, let's that's, see. That's, what uh, that, that, no, seriously, that's really, really cool. Um, I, I, I hope that, uh, I hope that comes. What? I, I just, uh, it'd be really freaking awesome to see one of those books with Mike Miller's name on it. Uh, very, very cool. We'll get it there. Happen. We'll get there one day. Um, let's but talk you more can, about you, the. You, hang on. You can do two things at one time. Start writing that and start. Seriously, get someone fucking lined up and take beautiful pictures of these axes. Like, I'm sure there's a a mobile freaking photographer that's got a freaking little five by five little freaking like camera box or something. All you gotta do is put the freaking axe in there, snap a picture. Everyone, you know, just very consistent. You can do both of them at the same time. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll look at it. Conversation dead. These things take time. These things take time. They're like a they're like a a beautiful axe with naturally aged patina on it, and it just calls to you and it says, "Love me." These things take time. They're not overnight. Okay, I'm not going to force a patina. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it's not proper unless it takes 15 years. That's right. Yeah. So let's talk about the jamboree then. So. I've had people contacting me, like, Mike, are you going? Mike, what are you bringing? Like, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. 
who yeah. do we have? I know we talked a little bit about the head count, and that's obviously up in the air. And we, you know, you're not going to have an exact number. Who knows? It might be this number, or it might balloon to this, or it might be just me and Keller that show up. So, it, you know, who, it who might do we be. got? Who do we got in the X circle that we know for a fact is coming? Who's yeah, the who are the heavy hitters? Um, so you two, we've got Brent, who, aka Freebie. We got Taylor from Taylor Grinds. If he doesn't show, I'm gonna wring his fucking neck because he's got our goddamn axes. Okay, I don't like either one of those guys so far. So let's keep going. <laughs> Is there a chance he's not coming? He's no. coming. He has to. No, he he's like sending me a text every day, dude. I'm so pumped. Can't wait. And then, like yesterday, he's like, "Dude, I I just bought this fire prevention axe, and I'm I'm like fresh out of cash. Like my entire monthly budget is gone. I'm worried I'm not going to have enough money to come to Kentucky." And I was like, "Dude, you better fucking come." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm just I'll, I'll be there." <laughs> I could always pick him up on the way. Is he? I know where he's at. Let me see if he is on the way. If Taylor's on the way? Yeah, I'm not going to pick him. Oh, yeah, he wouldn't be on the way, not going to your house. He'd be way out of the way. I think he's in South Carolina, North Carolina. He's in North Carolina. He would not be anywhere close to my destination. No. And, all right, so we got those guys. We got Willie from 5B. He's he's actually uh, coming uh, and setting up a tent. Uh, apparently... He plans on having a good time. Should I have a tent? If I you want to stay, out. I don't have a tent. If you want to stay the night, I've got I've got a a backyard that people. I mean, I, this is not an open invitation for. Oh, just come on and camp out. Like if you want to come and camp out, hit me a message and I'll see what I can do. Um, I I don't mind if a few people do, but I don't want my place looking like Tent City and some freaking local cop roll by and like. Hey, what the fuck's going on here? You got a permit for all these squatters? <laughs> I would actually love for that to happen. That would be the best thing ever. In fact, I'm sure. If anybody's listening to this and they want to tent out in Roy's backyard, I'll make that worth your while with a wood slasher. I'm sure you'll make it worth your while. <laughs> Free wood slasher. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just going to be raining wood slashers. <laughs> Idiots. Um... I've got, uh, everywhere. I've got uh, Brian from Hawk Creek Blades. He and his son, Austin, will be coming from Missouri. Um, so for you guys that don't know, um, I did some business with Brian, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and he came to see me on Blade, at, at Blade Show. And his son was actually on Knife, is it Knife or Death? Yeah, he was on Knife or Death. Um so that was really cool, and he met Taylor, and apparently they hit it off. Um, so uh, he'll be here. And there is an open invite to freaking to uh, a couple of other guys. I'm not naming names, but I invited Hoffman. He might be here. I invited Jason Knight. He might be here. I don't know. I'm not using them to plug <laughs> to get other people to come. But uh, I did talk to them, and there's a chance they might be here. So if they do, that would be really super cool. And if not, well, it'll still be cool. Um, we got uh, Charles. I met him down in North Carolina. He's a southern Kentucky guy. He's got 
a fuck ton of axes. He's coming. Um, what kind of ton of axes does he have? A fuck ton. Oh, okay. I didn't learn about that one in Weights and Majors class, but that sounds like yeah, a lot. It, it is a lot. I want to Google fuck ton. See what that looks like. I'm going to listen to this episode and count how many times that word's used. Listen, <laughs> we don't we don't need to hear the peanut gallery. Like that just came on like a public service announcement just out of nowhere. <laughs> I can't even see Tiff's face. Every gonna... time every time you say that word, I roll my eyes. It's Why? just like the the principal just got on the loudspeaker at school. Will Roy <laughs> please report to the principal's office? Roy, please report to the principal's office. I went if if we bleeped it out every single time you said that, all you would hear is bleep. You're done. You're out, Roy. Sorry, you're not on the next podcast. I tell you what, next podcast, Roy's out, and let's put Tiff in. I'm okay with that. I say we do it. Do it. Talk about goats. Oh God. I'm very interested in goats, actually. All right, so uh, who's this guy? Charles from where? And he has a shit ton of axes? He's got a whole bunch of axes. <laughs> so I met Charles uh, in the at the North Carolina meet uh, this summer. Super cool guy. He's um, in southern Kentucky. I don't know the, the name of the town. Um, but, you know, you know how last week we were talking – Whenever you like the first axe meet you go to, you bring like almost everything. Well, that was Charles this year at uh, the North Carolina meet. He brought a Jeep with a pull behind enclosed trailer full of freaking axes, milk yes. crates, and milk crates, and milk crates. And he had a lot of good pieces, um, but I don't I don't know if he sold any. Uh, I don't know if he traded any. Um, because I was not there to buy. I was there to have fun. So I think I bought maybe a few pieces, two or three maybe tops. But he's got a lot of axes, and he's got a lot of good pieces. Um, he's got a couple of new old stock pieces. He's got a Lincoln axe that's in really good condition. He's got a new old stock Kelly Perfect jersey, kind of like the one that you were showing us the other day, Miller. Um Couple, I think a couple bluegrass pieces that are really, really nice. Um, so he'll be here. So that's exciting. That's cool. And then, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Stanley, uh, McKinney, he may or may not be here. Probably, probably not, but there's a chance that he will be. Um, for you guys that don't know Stanley, he is no means no on Instagram. And he's got a he's got a bunch of new old not new old stocks. So he's got a bunch of really nice pieces. Um, he had a he had several thoroughbreds. He's got he's just got a lot of really high end pieces. So hopefully he comes and brings them just to show off because you know it's cool to see other pieces. So that's if I'm missing anyone, I'm sorry. Um, Though, oh, Matthew Justice. Yeah. <laughs> he I was might just going to mention him. Sorry to put you there dead last, buddy. He, so he's on the fence? He doesn't know if he's coming or not? No, I as think, far as I know, he's coming. Oh, okay. Okay. 
I think him and uh, Levi Gladman are riding up together. Oh yeah, Levi's coming. I, um, we met we met him at your place, right? Yep. I met him at your place. Yep. He sent me a message uh, just yesterday or the day before, asking for the address. I thought I put that out on the in uh, the the notice on the uh, the event thing. Did you guys know? Did you guys look at that and see if I did or not? I didn't pay attention. Yeah, probably not. You don't pay attention to fucking anything. Anything. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say. Oh. What was that? I was just I was just going to drive to Warsaw and go to the corner of. Wait, hold on. What is it? Corner of High Street mm-hmm. and Park Place? No, Park Street. Nope. Center. In the center. I'm right in the center of the town. Center, center and high. Okay. Pretty easy. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for the guys that, uh, again, I will say the corner of center and high, I've got a little four-foot fence or so. Um, don't listen to what Maps says because it'll make you backtrack around this stupid little side road, this fronted road. Don't do it. Don't do that. Am I going to have a reserved parking space? Um, you're not that special. Damn it. <laughs> oh, sorry, Tiff. Shucks. Hi. Are you coming, Tiff? Um, I was going to try and drive down after work and surprise you, but um, I don't have anything for my child to do, so I got to go pick her up after work. Uh Someone's got to watch your goats. Right. Man. How long can those things be left unattended? Well, well, they're in a fence, so can they just eat themselves? Will they be okay for, like, a couple days? I hope they meet each other. What about, um, like, would, that, uh, would those guys be, like, prime coyote bait? You guys have any coyotes out there or no? Lots of coyotes out here. Mm. I'm hoping the coyotes leave them alone. Maybe you um, can do like a T-Rex thing, isn't that like what they tied to the <laughs> tied to the thing in Jurassic Park? The lure of the T-Rex thing. That's it what I'm, I'm. I'm hoping to catch a T-Rex out here. Yeah. Um. No, we've got they, Bigfoot. Yeah, I'm, actually, I, I'm baiting Bigfoot. Squatchy. They uh, if they have enough uh stuff to munch on on the ground. Mm-hmm. You don't have to feed them. They eat everything, right? Isn't that like a goat's kind of fame? Yeah. They'll just keep eating. When they run out of stuff to eat, then then you're, you you got to start giving them grain. Hmm. All right. So, all right. So we're talking about the party. Obviously, we know what's going on. It's going to be Wood Slasher Palooza. Mm-hmm. No uh, Brandon, right? Brandon is not going. Um, he might, he might make an appearance. He's got, he's got a lot of stuff going on. So it's that that one's also questionable. I'd love for him to come down. Um, but, uh, I don't know if it's going to work out. What time is, uh, is everything kicking off on Saturday? Did you say eight in the morning? No, my name is not leaf. I don't plan parties for eight in the morning. Uh, I planned my party. I'm going to start cooking at 10 o'clock and it goes until whenever. So if you guys want to roll in, I don't know, Brent said, do not show up at eight. I'll still be asleep. Um, I just wanted to get my parking space. (laughs) 
Miller does sure. like to show up early. Yeah. I was just I was gonna show up early and help, but if you don't want any help then Alright, Miller, fine. you can come and help. You can come no, and help. No, I ain't coming until like Saturday at four o'clock now. You're wearing I'm gonna me turn out. around and leave at six. You're <laughs> You're wearing me out. No, if you want to come early, Miller, that's fine. Dude, like seriously, you don't need to you don't need to ask about that. You can come anytime you want. And, if Billy's uh, going to have a tent, then obviously I can stay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. In Willie's tent. I'm sure he'd like that. Yeah. Nuts to butts, baby. See what 5B is all about. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> that's uncalled for. All right. Well, I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> I will be headed down. I don't know if it's going to be early Saturday morning or it might be Friday night. Killer, what are you doing? You you rolling down like bright and early on Saturday? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna leave here any sooner than eight. I can tell you that. On so Saturday probably, morning. Yeah, I'll probably leave around eight eight thirty somewhere around there. It's like a four hour drive, right? Yeah. And then are you going back on Saturday night? Correct. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get planned out. See what we got. It should be a lot of fun. Um, I got to go up to Costco. Like, for, I'll probably go Friday just to get all the food and stuff. I don't have a big refrigerator freezer thing, so uh, I got to get up there and get the last minute supplies. I'll have tons of IPAs for you. Oh. Um, <laughs> I know you're looking forward to that. I have one goal now for your party. And my one goal is that if Philip Seymour Hoffman is going to show up there, I'm going to sell him a wood slasher. You're an idiot. That's my goal. I have one that he's going to want to buy. You've got an axe, a wood slasher that you think Hoffman wants to buy? Absolutely. Why? What's so special about it? It's old school wood slasher. You guys are all used to the 1960s, 1970s die cast. Forged out, rough edges, cheap metal wood slashers. That wood slasher line went back way in the day. You got to remember that. Yeah. And I have a couple of the old, old, old wood slashers. I think Seymour is going to want to buy one. I'm going to sell bet. one. Okay. I'd love to. I'd love That's to watch goal. that deal go down. That's my goal. I'm going to sell one. Well. He's talking about Hoffman, you big dummy head. Philip Seymour Hoffman. (laughs) Chris looks so confused right now. (laughs) I know, Liam Hoffman. (laughs) Philip Seymour Hoffman was an actor. He's dead, right? Yeah, he like OD'd or something. Yeah. Yeah. He was a brilliant actor. And then decided to take a whole bottle of Xanax or something like that at one time. No, he overdosed on heroin. Oh, my bad. Oh. Xanax, heroin, same thing. Don't you all follow pop culture? culture? No, I don't have have TV. Yeah, I hear you. And then I don't don't watch the news. And I'm I'm thinking about shutting Facebook down because I'm sick of all the political bullshit. Facebook's dead. I hate Facebook. Everything, something's on the bed on these episodes. 
Yeah, no. Brent was like, "So, have you all? Are you all done with the whole dead thing?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah, I, I don't know." He was like, well, "It wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me if you were." <laughs> you said that freebie. Yeah. <laughs> so freebie has a vice that is very, very valuable, and we were just we were chit chatting about that before this episode got kicked off. You want to you want to talk about that a little bit, Miller? So yeah, we were talking. He showed me a picture of this Wilton Vice, which I found very interesting because obviously there is an unlimited, unknown amount of tools out there, different styles, shapes, uses, etc. And um, you know, I find it fascinating that you know, obviously I know a lot about axes and the history and the different kinds and the value and this out of the other. Now we're into this new realm of vices, which obviously you've talked about with yours and the sugar coats or powder coats or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> he has this gigundous, I think it has six inch jaws and he told me it weighs, I don't know, hundred, 200 pounds, something like that. And then he told me what like the approximate price tag was on it. And I'm like, that is unbelievable. Like I can't, my mind can't wrap around that. And that whole fact that I'm having trouble trying to process what that particular vice is worth then comes full circle as guys are on me all the time. Like, Mike, what's that worth? Why would you pay that for that particular axe? So I just found it very interesting that it sort of circled right back around. And now I'm in this whole different arena with these vices. And Because one of the things I asked him, I said, so you were telling me that that vice is hands down superior to my Home Depot Craftsman 5-inch jaw vice that I have, right? It's that vice that I have just for your average guy, garage guy, Mm -hmm. even for, like, what I'm doing. I know it's not the best, but it seems pretty good. And I think I can't remember exactly what I paid for that. I have no idea. $150, $100, something like that. And that price tag on that that Wilton was – what thousand bucks. Thousand bucks, fifteen hundred dollars, yeah. twelve hundred. Easy. And I'm just so, saying, holy cow. for the guy for the guys out there listening, uh Freebie has it's a Wilton Bullet C three vice. So it's got pipe jaws. I I believe it's six inch jaws on it also. I'm not entirely sure. But the thing is in pristine condition. And he got it several several months ago he did a whole bunch of like wheel and deal so um brent is a great finder he will like sleuth out deals and like from all over the freaking country and he, he knows people that knows people and he's just one of those guys that can find stuff and this deal for his vice was one of those things i think he got it down in georgia i think he lived down in georgia if he's from georgia he had a buddy pick it up, and then he was going down to Georgia to his in-laws or something a few weeks or a month later, and he was able to pick it up there. Um, so it, it's one of those things, like, if you know what something is worth and you see it pop up on Craigslist, Marketplace, or, or whatever you're using, um, and if there's money to be made or there's money left on the table – some guys just pop on things. Phil from uh, up uh, up upstate New York 
I think it's Phil Kratz or something like that, the guy that I got uh, that uh, legitimous um, Seagrave off of. He's one of those guys. He loves axes, but he loves all things that are related to tools. So he's got Wilton vices. He's got Colombian vices. He's got leg vices. He's got blacksmith stuff. It doesn't matter. He likes to find the deal. And if you don't know what something is worth, you could, you know, you could pass on things just because either you don't know about it, or you don't like it, you're not interested in it, but there's money to be made on it. And Wilton vices, they're just like freaking axes, dude. They're never going to go down in value. They continue to go up because, in my opinion, they're the best vice that's ever been fucking made. Now, just for a little bit of brief history here, and I haven't looked any of this up or anything, but so those are, I'm going to assume, 100% USA made then. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How long have they been around, roughly? They've been around for a while? Since the 50s. Since the 50s. So they got some history, obviously, to them. Okay, that's cool. But that that whole thing I just found really interesting and found really cool because then there's a whole nother niche of tools with, you know, like that would be your Black Raven. Then. That would be your registered of the vice world, whatever you want to call it. And obviously standing the test of time, old school, USA made, obviously with the price tag. So that, that was just something that I found really interesting. Well, so here's here's the thing about Wilton. You can buy a brand new Wilton today that's still made in the U.S. They've got other cheaper lines that are probably made from overseas. Um, so the appeal of them is that they're super high quality. They're made in the U.S. Um, and you can buy an old one substantially cheaper than you can buy a brand new one today. And there's virtually no difference between the two in my opinion i have not used a new wilton vice but if you wanted to buy that wilton vice we can get online and just look at it right now you could buy that exact one that brent's selling you could buy any any number of them uh these bullet vices like the five inches uh that i have so they're they're a bazillion dollars off their website today they still make that bullet type that's still in production? Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know that. I thought maybe that was like one of the older lines that they went with like the newer lines, like what my craftsman is. And again, I don't know what that, that model is, but, um, so yeah, that's cool. Um, let's just do a little searchy search here real quick. You should, yeah, uh, don't you have one of those or something similar in the vice world or like an old school, like hardcore vice something? Remind yeah, me. so I, I have a, I have a older Wilton bullet vice. Um, it's a little smaller. It doesn't have a, it's actually a little smaller than Royce too. It doesn't have a swivel base either. It's a fixed base. And then I have, I have a, a new Wilton vice, but it's not the bullet version. It's, it's a, just a, traditional will trade tradesman yeah and it's it's actually a bigger vice um but it would it'd be like you know just your common vice um and then i have a huge i have a couple i have a huge like i don't know what the hell maybe it's a reed i don't know i i haven't looked at it in a while but it's you know it's like 150 almost 200 pound vice 
And then just a handful of smaller ones, but. How much do, does that one that you have weigh, Roy? Wouldn't like that five one, inch? That one that is always in your, like your videos and stuff that you're using that your regular one, like roughly how much does that thing weigh? It's pushing a hundred pounds. Oh. I, I could be off by 50%. I don't know. It's, it weighs more than 50 pounds. It's, let's just say 75 pounds. I don't, I'm not entirely sure. So, for reference, you can buy the vice that Brent has right now if you want a brand new one. Uh, it's combination pipe and bench vice, six inch uh, jaws, swivel base. It's $2,100 right now. So, you could buy a brand new one for $2,100, or you could find one. Uh, or you could buy Brent's for, you know, whatever. It's, it's, his is easily worth a thousand bucks, like all day, every day. That's half off of what you can buy today. And there's literally no difference between the two. Well, other, other than age and, you know, patina. Patina. Dude, well, and, and here's the thing. You can have, you could take it to a fucking powder coater, just like I did. I, I, I took the dirtiest, nastiest freaking vices to them. They blasted everything. They taped off the jaws. They taped off the 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 back where the, the the dust cap goes. They taped off where the lead screw goes in. They did everything and coated coated my vices. I did the three vices plus my tool arm from KMG from Beaumont, and they had to special order the paint in. All told, those four pieces plus the special order paint was $150 out the door. So you could take something that you find inexpensively on Craigslist Marketplace, take it to a powder coater, and now you've got something that is on par with a $2,100. You know, if you had that same vice that Brent did, it's the same quality, same everything. As you can buy today. So, so I guess the moral of the story then is, as again, as I continue to learn about some of these different tools and things like that, if you're out and about at a flea market and some guy you know rolls in with his big flat trailer and he just cleaned out a house and a garage and everything and he has one of those bad boys sitting on there and he's like, yeah, give me fifty dollars for it. You need to give him fifty dollars and then get the hell out of there. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. and, and it's on different scales, right? If you saw a Black Raven for $300, you'd, you'd buy a Black Raven for 300 bucks. Right now on my local marketplace, um, an eight inch Wilton bullet vice just popped up. Okay. That's like a, I don't know, a 300 pound vice or what there, it's massive. And the price tag on that one is 1700 bucks, which is still a lot of money, but it's worth twice that so if you've got seventeen hundred dollars cash lying around and you want a big ass freaking vice that will end all vices come up to ohio come up to cincinnati and go buy this one because it's the it's like the biggest baddest vice you'll ever freaking have brent brent just sent me a, a marketplace link this morning there's a i think it's a four inch bullet out of evansville indiana Hundred and twenty dollars. If that bullet vice was in Cincinnati, I would be in my car today going to go pick it up. Because 
just like just like freaking axes that we turn, you could take that $120 vise, I could take it to the powder coater and get it painted for $30, and then I could sell it for $400, Hmm. Do you think maybe we can get Wilton now to like give us a little sponsorship for the show, seeing that we just plugged them for about the last 20 minutes and how awesome no. their vices are? Dude, yeah. listen. So you know Barry from Old Tape, right? He's oh, all yeah. about, like, product placement type things, right, with, especially with Stanley. I have stopped tagging Wilton in my posts. You know why? Because they have never made a fucking comment on my post. They've never reposted. They never shared it on their stories. It's like those guys are missing the freaking boat on free advertisement altogether. Are they on Instagram? Yeah, they're on Instagram. Are they, are they active? Well, let's look up their feed. Might be just one of those companies that isn't that active with the whole social media platform. I mean, well, they're they, dumb if they're not. Well, again, yeah, they it would be dumb, but I mean, I guess I'm just trying to say that maybe it is a little bit understandable if you have a vice company that's not overly active on social media. They're probably thinking to themselves, "We're just going to keep plugging along." But so to the point in this day and age, you got to do it. All right, so they Wilton Tools has forty. Roughly 4,800 followers, 4,768. Their last post was four days ago. The post before that was a week ago. And then they do have, what color would you restore this 350 SJ 3.5 swiveled vice to? That was September 25th. So there's a customer photo, or, or maybe that they just found that in the back of their shop. But there there are opportunities for this company to Oh shit! They did repost my, one of mine. The plot thickens. I stand corrected. Nice well, craftsmanship on these axe covers, made by Vintage Axe Works. I wasn't even trying to plug their vice. I just needed a good backdrop for my freaking sheaths. And all Listen. of a sudden, Wilton is now back in the good graces of Vintage Axe Works. Well, yeah. we have said this before, and we'll say it again: the views and of Opinions of Roy of Vintage Axe Works is not necessarily <laughs> the views and opinions of Chris Killinger and Mike Miller. With that being said, Wilton, if you would like to sponsor us, <laughs> I'd love for Wilton to sponsor us or at least t shirts or stickers. At least acknowledge that there are people out there using their equipment. Um, that freaking love their stuff more than any other thing. Like there are, there are so many vice companies out there, right? Uh, Reed, Columbian, um, shit. Um, uh, oh God, what's that one? Uh, Yoast. Uh, there's also, uh, Athel. There's, uh, oh, what's, what's that one? It's huge. Chris, help me out. It's a New York company, I believe. Uh, uh, God dang it. Craftsman? No. <laughs> Irwin? No, golly. You're just Milwaukee? like... Milwaukee? Ah. Ryobi? Bauschen Lom? I'm going to kill you. GlaxoSmithKline? <laughs> You're an idiot. 
advantage. I'm, I'm drawing a board. Smith? You're Harbor an idiot. Freight. It's Harbor Freight. Tractor supply? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you, actually. Whenever you oh, come where, down here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna murder you in your sleep. Where's Tiff when I need her for my emotional backup? Holy cow. She couldn't handle the language, so she left. She left, her ears were bleeding. Yeah. I, so all these vice guys that, um, uh, are fanatics like we are on axes, they're gonna, they're gonna hit me up with messages. I can't believe you forgot this one. Um, there's freaking little, Littlestown, um, uh, God, it's like, uh, there wasn't there a big, uh, company out of Erie, Pennsylvania that made that? Charles, Charles Parker. That's who I'm fucking thinking of. Charles Parker. Is that an artist? No, it's a vice manufacturer. They're, oh, sounds like a painter. Might be art. <laughs> to somebody, it's art, right? The point is, there are, a Brazilian vice manufacturers, just like there are a million axe manufacturers, and there are some that are more valuable than others. And if you like collecting them, they are readily available and there is money to be made on them. And if you don't want to make money on them and you just want to collect them, now is a good time to get into it. Because as I said before, these things are only going to go up in value. I mean, just just look at just look at freaking Andrew's um, collection. I mean, he's got a thousand vices or whatever. How many vices do you think he has, Chris? I mean, just from the pictures or whatever. Oh, it's got it's it's at least a thousand, and he has that many many anvils too. Yeah, he just he just made that. It was I think he just bought fifteen hundred more anvils. Yeah, he's it's insane. The guy is insane. Is that the, the guy that I think it was on Instagram where they showed him like loading all those anvils on the back of that, that 18 wheeler yeah. flat, flat bed? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Andrew Alexander, impressive. blacksmith tools. He, he has probably the, the largest North American collection of anvils uh, of anyone. I mean, he bought the postman collection. I think he even mentioned that on the, uh, the Fitzall podcast. They were talking about that. Yep. All right, so I have two goals then going into today. Number one, I will sell a wood slasher to Seymour Hoffman. Oh and my number God. two, number two, I will get Wilton to mention the Legitimus podcast. Yes. Or Do maybe it. give give me a shirt or stickers. Okay. Two. Do you see the irony in this? I have, we have just spent 20 minutes educating you on Wilton and you're going to be the one that contacts them. Oh yeah, I need a free t-shirt. I need to get sponsorship. I'm like, listen, we just plugged you guys for 25 minutes. I got a royal education about how awesome that you and your company and your line is. Now I have this big Wilton itch that I'm going to have to scratch and go buy one of these freaking bullet vices that I don't need nor will ever get the money out of. But I'm hey. going to have one because it's the top of the line, according to Roy at Men and Jack's Works. So I've got two five-inch bullets and a four-inch bullet. I need two. It's nice to have three because if I'm going to do a class, I've got a portable station. But if you're in the market, Miller, I might sell you one. I might sell you my four-inch. I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. 
Oh, shit. I will trade you one of those powder-coated sugar things for my bucket full of wood slashers. (laughs) (laughs) Go fuck fuck yourself. (laughs) Listen, Hoffman's going to buy one of them. I'll even sell you the one that Hoffman's going to buy. I'm telling you. It's old school, top of the line. Only the best. It's a wood slasher. <laughs> I tell you, I'll tell you how good that this wood slasher is. It's pre ridges in the eye wood slasher. I just picked one up. Did you not listen to our last episode? No ridges in the eye. This is pre ridges in the eye. Pre ridge eye technology. <laughs> wood slasher. <laughs> that I don't know if mine has ridges or not. Uh-huh. See. All right, so we got a Wilton education there. I I feel better about myself today. I feel pretty good, especially when I get my free T-shirt. I feel like if you're going to jump into the Wilton, you could just go in all in and get the one Brent's got. The big red boy with the six-inch jaws. I I would probably have to redo my workbench in order to get that thing stable on there. It would be worth it. Seriously, it's one of those pieces where you walk into someone's shop or garage or whatever, and that's like the centerpiece. You walk in and you're like, holy crap, that's a big vice. That's fucking badass. Well, that's um, that's like we were talking not long ago where I, I was talking about my big vice. And yeah. How I, don't, I don't have to mount it because I don't have anything worthy of mounting it. Yeah. I'm going to have to trade him all my bluegrass stuff now. Damn it. I'm, I'm sure he would be open to that. So if you're listening, Brent, you better bring that C3 vice up. Just, <laughs> and he's been wanting to get rid of it for a while. And I know uh, he was talking to me last night about it, saying, "Look at it and all its glory." We should totally uh, bring it, Brent. Yeah. Bring it up. All right. Well, we'll see how that all goes. But you know, get some stickers from Wilton. I'll have Dude. him rush ship them, and maybe I can hand them out to everybody at the Axapalooza. If listen, if if you contact Wilton. And if they actually respond with something, um, I will be surprised. Why are you so, Why are you downing them right now? They're going to listen to this, and you're going to be Debbie Downer, and I'm the one singing their praises trying to get some stickers to promote no, their business. They have no reason not to. It's free right. publicity. Right. Tell them we all, we all need banners for our shops. and <laughs> our, shops, our shops are seen in social media all the time. Dude, they have a freaking banner every time I do a draw knife video. Every time I do a freaking head hang video, it like their vice is a banner in my shop. It's like want, I get so many comments on my Wilton. vice, huh? You don't want a Wilton banner? I'd love to have a Wilton banner. I'd love to have some Wilton swag. I'm just saying that yeah. they. I don't. I better. I better watch. Yeah, they're not I mean, following it, me. It would they go, don't follow me. It would go right along with your corporate theme that you're going along with there with Red Label and everything. Oh, speaking of Red Label, there's an outside chance that Nicole um, might be down. Yes. Or, that would be really cool. She's awesome. How do you know I don't have the cameras reversed? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd love for uh, Red Label to come down. Um, so they did send me a care pack of, uh, of swag stuff to give out at the, the meet. I got some koozies. I got some shirts. I got some stickers. They did send me a banner down. Uh, and you, I do what? 
I could use some belts, red label intent. <laughs> Um, they're, I'm not, I'm not getting anything for this or plugging them, but they are a great company. The customer service is off the freaking charts. Um, they're genuine, nice people. They create, they have created a great product for what I use. Uh, I cannot thank them enough for hooking me up. How's Nicole, their ceramic belts? They're fantastic. They're like off the chart, fantastic. There's no reason to not use their ceramic belts. Yeah, you're going to pay a little bit more. They're going to last a lot longer. They stay cool. They don't clog. And they cut incredibly well. And this is after months and months of using them. So uh, I can't say enough about them. And it's not only the 2x72 belts. If you if you got some weird crazy sander, they make custom belts. I mean, they they got all the equipment that stitch any size you have together. Um, and not only that, they sell uh, buffing compound. Uh, and one of the best products that they have is uh, that freaking magic eraser. Uh, I don't know. You can probably get it anywhere. Uh, it's probably a standard off the shelf item for, especially on aluminum oxide belts. Dude, you run that eraser over that. I run it over every time I'm shaping handles. Uh, it, it just it extends the life of belts dramatically. Do you ever use those, Chris? Yeah, I have a cheap one. I don't know. It, I don't even remember where I got it, but yeah, I'll hit I hit a belt before I uh, use it, and it definitely extends the life because it gets all the crap out of the, out of the grit. Yeah. Well, this whole podcast just turned into one big commercial. Yeah. <laughs> we just went corporate. And there's only one person in this whole group that benefits from any of it. Right. <laughs> I don't know what y'all talking about. Welcome to the Vintage Axe Works podcast. Listen, I could walk whenever y'all want me to. Next week. Jeff's oh. <laughs> <laughs> on as our special third co-host. Next week, we're going to talk about goats and Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Do you all have anything else? No, we need to wrap this bad boy up. We're at an hour and 18 minutes of corporate promos. This is not a corporate promotion. So listen, uh, my buddy Chris Cash from Mount Phillip Metalworks, I don't know what and I'm not fucking plugging him. I'm just giving him credit where credit's due. And I don't know if, if he said it or someone else, if Jim said it to him, but it is a maker's market right now. And if you don't know what that means, it means that there are big companies like Wilton, Red Label, Beaumont, whatever, that rely on people like us to create content for them because no one wants to go out and follow Wilton's page. Like the content that they put out is not exciting. No one wants to follow Lowe's. It's not exciting. The only reason that people would want to follow them is from things that people like us create for them using their products. That's how they get content. And it's at the price of, do 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 they want to pay for a post, or do they want to give you free stuff for content? And 
it, 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 it's a great time to be making stuff and to be able to get sponsorship right now. It's kind of amazing, actually. And all, it makes us all like micropreneurs. We're all running these small little businesses and we're in the driver's seat to get stuff from corporate America. Why would we not take advantage of that? You're right. So listen, if there's any tractor companies listening, <laughs> about a 30 horsepower track full drive with a front end loader, possibly backhoe and some other implements. So just get a hold of me at uh, Killinger Whitman Gear and Tool at yahoo.com. And goat herding. And goat herding. <laughs> Also, since we got so many plugs in there, I, would, oh I just want to. I want to plug my YouTube channel real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you uh, go to YouTube and search in Killinger, you'll pop up my YouTube. I'm putting up weekly videos on how things unfold here at the homestead. So if you want to follow along and see what happens, go to YouTube. Awesome. Can't wait to see where you mount that vice. Because Instagram's dead. Keep it real, goat herder. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I'll see.